my name is Melissa Marks. Welcome to your mindful hour. On the show, I talk with people who are bringing some element of mindfulness or meditation into their lives. Today, I have the honor of chatting with 25-year-old artist Zarina Kay. This is a great episode for anyone pursuing or wanting to pursue a creative passion as their career. Zarina shares her meditation practice, how it's helped her stay focused and disciplined amidst the uncertainty and fluctuation of an art career. I hope you all enjoy the show. Hey, Zarina, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited we got to meet and we get to do this. This is great. I know. I loved meeting you. It's actually kind of a fun story. I met you at the Crow Museum during a meditation event and I saw your phone. That was what was interesting. I noticed, I remember we were talking, I looked at your screensaver, it was a beautiful image, and I just complimented you on that pretty picture you had on your phone. Uh, do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I never go out. And so I was like, <laughs> well, there's like a meditation and art thing happening at the Crow. That's, that's pretty good for me to go out. And so when you when you kind of started talking to me, I was like, oh, is this happening? Am I socializing with someone? And I was like, this is great. She likes meditation. This is awesome. And yeah, the conversation blew up after that. We totally it was great. It did. It did. I, I, I love that you were so open. And a quick shout out to The Crow and Mastermind for their collaborative efforts. Mastermind is a meditation, a mindfulness studio here in Dallas, and they have a wonderful partnership with The Crow Museum. So uh, we'll, we'll put show notes together at the end with links to both of those entities. But yeah, that's how we met. And uh, from there, I, I did a studio visit at your studio, which was phenomenal. So thank you for that. So that's really our connection. We've met once. I've had a studio visit with you, learned a little bit more about your work. But your work is so beautiful to me. Just visually, it spoke to me directly. That's why I had to ask about you and what, what you're up to. So why don't you start us out by telling us about you? Thank you for that introduction. Um, so I, I'm an artist. I am based in Dallas. And, you know, a lot of my work right now is changing into more of a spiritual abstraction. And I'm, I'm a classically trained artist. And so I grew up classically trained, you know, the still lives, the, the Renaissance copies, XYZ. And, and now that I'm kind of growing into my own, I... I feel that that's not really enough for me. And so to go deeper into my own spirit is kind of where my work is heading, um, spiritual abstraction. And I live and work here and I get to meet awesome people like you and <laughs> connect with people through my art. So it's, it's amazing. It's, it's really a cool thing that I'm, I'm getting to experience. Amazing. So tell us about when you first started making art. Were you a, a little kiddo or how did how did that journey start with you with art? I I, I remember <clears throat> drawing fairies a lot when I was younger. Nice. Uh, like when I was eight to ten and apparently they were quite good. So my mom um, put me into like classical art academy. So I studied um with a Russian art teacher, you know, he grew up in St. Petersburg, studied art there. So it's a very classical discipline type of learning for a young age. So I started doing that when I was 13, all the way up till 20, probably. Um, and then that's, that's really where I grew quite a bit with my art in that age range. So tell us about your 20s. What was, what was happening that was changing for you that, that changed your art? Um, I moved to I moved to Denton briefly, and uh, I, I went to school at U University of North Texas. And I don't think it was a school for me. And I ended up quitting 
art school, <laughs> actually. And it was quite a big ordeal, but it was something that I felt like I had to do. So most of my 20s was kind of recouping from that decision uh, because I wanted something else. And now that I'm studying art history, I feel like that's what's really made my artwork change so much in my, you know, 20s right now because I am so inspired by so many different styles of work and I feel like I'm learning so much more and I really do feel like I'm in a growth learning stage you know um which I don't know if a lot of people would say that about themselves you know that mm -hmm. I, I don't know if, I don't know why I feel this way most of the time but I just feel like I need to to learn everything and at least right now like I just feel like a giant sponge when it comes to art and I want to do so many different things. So it's really hard for me to stick to one style, which you see my studio. It's like a hundred different types of work. It's interesting that you say that though, because the style, the signature style, I see consistently running through your work. How would you, in, and I, okay, so, so many different thoughts are, are coming to <laughs> me about, about what I want to say. So I want to explore that. I want to explore how you describe the actual look and feel of your art. And then, yeah, let's start with that. Let, let me hear from you. If you had to describe the way it looks to somebody who's never seen it, what would you say? So I would describe it. That's a very loaded question. Um, <laughs> so need to Take your time. <laughs> but if I would, I would find, if anybody was looking for my hand in the work, right? I would say it's very textural and very um, technical, probably. It's mm. very textural-driven work now. And there's a lot of elements of uh, technical ability as well that I try to blend those two ideas in. And um, I think ultimately they kind of give off a very spiritual vibe, which is my ultimate end game. And maybe that's the thread that people see in my work. It's, it's very spiritual. I try to make work that either highlights one element, you know, like a plant growing from a seed. And I try to just express that. Or there are these kind of like intuitive paintings where you feel emotion and spirituality and, and Zen or, or what have you in the work. So maybe that's kind of the, the thread. <laughs> that, that, feels, that feels so right to me. And I think because you are tapped into that as you're creating it, it, that expression carries over so that when people are viewing it, I can say for myself, it immediately connected it to my spirit. So if you're feeling connected and, and spiritually aligned, as you're making it, that's what you're expressing to us. That's what we get from it. Do people speak to you about that when they see your art? Do they talk about what it brings up in them? So for a long time when I was younger, I didn't know that was what was happening. And I would I'd probably get a person every few months be like, this is amazing, you know, kind of break down to me about the work and they could feel it. And I think I'd I think I really blocked it out for a long time hmm. because it, it made me feel too much. You know, it was like too much. Like, oh, not only do I get to make art, but it moves this person. Um, I don't know how long I was able to equip that feeling. So I kind of wasn't nurturing that side of it. And then um, these last few months have been really, really intense for me and really hard, honestly. But it has also gave birth to basically no boundaries anymore. Like I, I feel like now... I can't help but feel so moved when people tell me stuff like that. And it's because I'm in that place and I'm also expressing it so vulnerably in so much of my new work that it just kind of pierces through people. And it's kind of incredible to see, you know, when I have people come and look up the new work that I'm making, they're like, Oh, I get it. And I'm like, what? You get it? They're like, yeah. And then they and then they go off on their own and they tell me their own stories and how they connect to it. And it's perfect. It's exactly what I was thinking. It was exactly what I was feeling. So as I kind of like let go of that veil of, um, I can't think of the right word to say, but that veil of kind of um, vulnerability, there you go, mm. to, to share what's really happening, 
it's connecting with so many people. And now I don't, I can't really look back. Now. I can't go back. Um, and it's just yeah. so incredible when people really do tell me they feel the work, which is something different because it's, it's one thing to see the work. It's another thing to feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm really appreciating what you're sharing because it's, it's an element of intimacy, right? Both for you to be that connected again, just in your own process while you're making it, but then open to the receiving aspect that you're sharing your soul and you're helping others connect to their souls when they see this work. It's a really special gift. It's, and I can see that it could be at least in the initial stages of awareness of that, like, whoa, this is really me. This is really what I'm supposed to do. Um, this is my gift. I this awaken soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's thing. I mean, it's really insane. Like I, I have been not only overwhelmed with the things that have been happening, but the byproduct of that insanity that comes with that amount of vulnerability. And then that, that observation that it just kind of bleeds through me now. Like I don't really have a choice. Like they just, it's, it's like, I make work that may be a little bit more cut off, but it doesn't do it for me anymore. It doesn't do it for the people who are watching me anymore mm-hmm. because I, I gave them, I gave them a hundred percent for the last few months. And so um, to be that all the time is really intense. And there are days I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe I'm spending the rest of my life going to go deeper and deeper into emotions and spirit and, and try to connect with a billion, billions of people. That's my job through my art. Um, it's really mind boggling. It's so incredible. I really appreciate you and the awareness you have of this really, really special gift. So let's connect some dots for people about the intersection of the meditation journey when, and and I'm just going to be curious to to find out how much it, it weaves into your art process. So can you talk about when you first got interested in meditation and what that looked like? So I, I began meditating or kind of going down that spiritual path when I was 16, 17. And I started picking up different books on kind of the concept of what meditation brings, right? Because it's one thing, you know, you got to read about it. You kind of have to know what you're doing. In my opinion, that was how I started. And I got to know kind of what the after effects of meditation could be and the benefits of it. So I started doing that when I was 16 or 17 and it really grew from there. I went to a couple like meditation centers with groups of people, which is also really good to do if you've never done it because you can kind of have like a community by you. Um, Or, you know, I would go on YouTube and listen to sound meditations by myself before I went to sleep. So that's kind of how it grew. And then um, I became Buddhist at KTC, which is uh, located in Irving, and it's a Tibetan Buddhist group, and, you know, I learned Tibetan Buddhism and Tibetan meditation, and that is kind of where I started to really pick up more refining skills in my meditation practice, Um, and then it just has kind of bloomed from there. Mm. So what does your practice look like today? How, How do you practice do you have a set time and tell us some more about what it looks like practically in your world? So, so honestly and practically my meditation kind of comes in waves Um, and I do so many kinds and I think that's what helps like really keep me going. So if I'm in a very spiritual deep place, I will do a Tibetan Buddhist meditation, which, you know, uh, is usually followed by, you know, Tibetan mantras, Tibetan, um, you know, me reading about Tibetan literature, things like that. I try to engulf myself in that moment. And then most day to day, it's, you know, medit- sound meditations mm-hmm. on YouTube. They're my favorite. I mean, I, I fall asleep to them constantly. I love them. Uh, there are times where I meditate before making art and I try to meditate on a topic so that I'm only putting out a certain energy or I'm putting out the most amount of that energy, you know, um, and sometimes I feel like yoga is my meditation as well. Mm-hmm. I think all of it, I think all of it is like Zen and meditation. You can meditate all day. I think it's more 
I think meditation is a way to kind of center yourself and um, you can carry that with you all day. So that's kind of my, my statement on it. And I love it. I love it. I think you're, you're able to use the tools that you have and it's not like it's the same practice every single day, but it sounds like you've gotten familiar enough with different styles of meditation Can, for those people who are new to meditation or don't know about Tibetan Buddhist meditation, can you walk anyone sort of through what that is like for you? Well, for, for me, I mean, it is really, it is, it can be complicated or simple like anything. Yeah. I think when you, I think <laughs> if I went into the complicated parts of it, I think we, uh, it would scare some people off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but really it's, it's, it's sitting down on the cushion keeping your spine kind of straight. Um, not kind of straight. You should keep it straight. But uh, for me, it's always, that's always been a really hard thing is keeping my back up. Um, which is, you know, something that is really important for the prana energy to go up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, prana energy is the energy all around us and we have it inside of us. We can tap into it anytime. And, um, so you want to keep your spine straight and your eyes kind of lowered uh and it's it's really hard to do over without showing somebody in person now that i'm doing, You're doing a great job though no no this is perfect yeah keep your eyes lowered and your hands on your knees uh legs crossed and you stare at a fixed point on the ground and you just you just let the thoughts come in and out and meditate and, and try to center yourself and that's probably the easiest way i could describe it of course we could go into so many different little aspects of it and try to complicate it. But really it is all about just sitting on the cushion, you know, just showing up and sitting on the cushion and, and letting yourself take a break from what's happening around you and, and meditating and giving yourself that space to, I guess, let your mind relax. Mm -hmm. So what do you think would happen if you didn't, meditate or have any of these practices you mentioned the sound meditations the yoga what if that left your world what would your art be like do you think um i don't know if i would have stuck with it without a spiritual practice um it's a really great question i i think i don't think i would be the same person at all and I think a lot of life is all about discipline. Like if you keep showing up, if you keep doing something right, you know, most of life is a formula. And I think that meditation for so many people have been proven to help them. Uh, especially like if, if you're more, if you're like me, who's a little more emotional and sensitive to life, um, it helps balance things out and it helps you keep going. And the discipline that comes along with meditating or any sort of practice like that, it just, the benefits <laughs> are incredible. And I think it's benefited me so much in my life because I don't think I would even, rec I don't even think I can imagine a person without a spiritual practice, without an, a discipline in meditation. You know what I mean? Like I, I yes. can't even process that person because I don't know who that is. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's so far from my mind. I think I'd be crazy, honestly. I love that you're bringing up this idea of discipline because you're right to have a spiritual meditation practice or meditation practice. And, and I will say this to anyone listening that there's so many forms of meditation that we haven't even, you know, we're just talking about your particular brand and beautiful practice of Buddhist meditation, but there are secular um, types of meditation. And so for whatever thing that someone is drawn to, the practice itself is, a, is one of discipline, right? And, it, and then the connection that I'm finding here to the fact that you're an artist, and mm -hmm. art is itself a discipline. You can't just, oh, I think I'll paint today, and then maybe, you know, maybe I'll paint again in two weeks or something. You make your living as an artist. And so there's got to be, I would think, a connection there between the discipline of your, your practice and also of your art making. 
what would you say about that? I'd love to hear more about that connection. I think, I think with years of, um, I'm still quite young, my life, but it's, I how think old I are have, you? How I'm 25. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, but I, I've been in, I've been in the meditation game, you know, and spiritual game and the art game for six years, seven years, I would say. And it really is all about not beating yourself up when you don't want to sit on the mat and when you don't have that discipline. It's just about showing up no matter what. Like, keep showing up, whether it's a five-minute meditation or a 20-minute meditation. And for me, that, that has translated into my art. It's like, no, make art every day. Even if it's a five-minute sketch or a 20-minute sketch or organize my prints and paintings or sit down and read Pema Children. You know what I mean? Like something mm. to give it life every day because the routine is so beneficial. And I think, I think everyone knows life is really hard. Life is really hard and it's really kind of brutal, but beautiful at the same time. And having these disciplines and routines and these things like meditation, I mean, it's, it's, it's like we have this, this incredible power inside of us and it's mostly given birth to by discipline. You know what I mean? Like we won't yes. know unless we show up. And I think a, a huge problem, and I know you can probably agree with me, a huge problem with this, uh, the, the branding of meditation, the branding of Buddhism or, or any sort of kind of Zen type of lifestyle that people think it's like this, you're just Zen all the time. Like because you meditate, life's easy. Or because you meditate for a month, you're going to be all good to go. But it's not like that. That's not how discipline works. That's not how anything that's usually good for you works. It's not usually, you're not going to usually see things three weeks in. You know, you have to show up quite a bit a year, two years, three years, four years. It's a, it's like brushing your teeth. You're not going to stop brushing your teeth when you're 70. You know, <laughs> you're, you need to keep doing it every day. It needs to be, become a part of your, your life cycle um, to better yourself. You know, and it, a hundred percent a hundred percent yes no I do, I do know what you mean it's it's essential and I think that it speaks to where you are on your journey in terms of how integrated and essential it is to how you how you operate in the world because when I asked you if you could imagine yourself not doing it you really couldn't when you first, <laughs> yeah was that it was that a journey though to get to that point of having it feel so integrated when you first started to take yourself back to when you were a teenager was that somewhat of a process to get you to the point where it is an established routine yeah when I was younger it's it was harder to show up because it's you're a kid I'm a kid you know? yeah it's, yeah what 17 year old really really wants to meditate all the time I mean I did but it was also there's so much other stuff happening that I, I didn't understand life or I didn't understand reality of anything. And I still sometimes feel like I don't, but I feel like now um, meditation has become, like I said, brushing my teeth in the morning or drinking my, you know, coffee <laughs> to get me going because without it now, without some sort of spiritual practice every day, um, I don't function at my highest degree, you know, and, and I have too much on the line. Like I'm, I'm, young. I'm trying to make it as an artist. There's, there's just, the meditation keeps me balanced and it keeps me going. So I think before when I was younger, it was almost like, let's see what this does, <laughs> you know, more of a curiosity and that's okay. I do believe that there should be people who are like, Oh, let's see how meditation affects me. And, and then maybe they like it and then they go for it. But now it's because the, the, the context of meditation has changed for me. For me, it's it, like I said, it's it's a discipline. It's something that I wake up and it helps me know what it helps me know what I'm doing throughout mm -hmm. the day. It helps mm -hmm. me know what I'm going to do tomorrow. It helps me know, and it gives me that kind of stability in a very unstable job. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know, you know, I would like to know how much I'm going to make every month with my work, but I don't. And I have to stay stable. I have to stay mindful and meditative and Zen, you know, uh, and that's what meditation brings me now comparatively. 
That's, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is another really, really unique and interesting aspect of your life, right? Is that there's so many people that call themselves artists and, and they are. And listen, you know, at one point in time when I was making art on a more consistent basis, I called myself that too. I don't, I don't claim that now because I don't make the right time for it. But being an artist, but then being able to go the one step further and support yourself with your art. That is a different level of engagement. And it's the entrepreneur in you. It's, it's, this is how you live in the world. And right. so I'm curious about that part of you. Has, do you think that the meditation practice, because you, you're alluding to it, that it's giving you that stability to kind of be in a place of flux and, and, and uncertainty, Right. But how how else has that helped you to be the entrepreneur that comes with being the artist that makes money in the world? I think it's, I think that, you know, I was always kind of an entrepreneur ever since I was really young. I started like a t-shirt company when I was 15 and I was like, I'm pretty sure it was illegal now thinking back at it, but I'd like sell these t-shirts with art on it you know, when I was 15 in the middle of like class and like I was walking around school with, you know, like, like $200, you know, just like <laughs> from each day. So I kind of have always had this like entrepreneurial spirit. And I think a lot of people who grew up with me know that I've always been really open to selling my work, which I started doing at a really young age because I knew that would mean I would have to actually, like not only would you sell the work, but I'd have to give it away, you know, that, that mm. whole attachment. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think the more I detached from my work, most like, you know, because I, I believed in a, in a higher state of art making. And I knew that I could only get there as if, if I let it go. And I knew that the money I would make from the sales of the work and, you know, like alluding to the entrepreneurial side would feed that, that side of me, that higher self, because I could go and, and, put that money behind more work. And that's what I've always done. I've done that since I was 15. And, and anyone that knows me knows that that's been a huge part of my life is trying to budget and manage my income off my work so I can do it full time. And, and if I'm being really honest, the meditation, reading Buddhist books, <laughs> reading Zen books about not really needing much, um, Really, you know, at the end of the day, you don't need a whole lot. And that's really helped me not spend because I'm a young girl. I live in Dallas, but I don't spend, you know, I spend on only things that, that help me in my, in my art. And I do think the meditation, the mindfulness helps me not break that pattern of, of only spending on things that will benefit me in the long term. And I do believe that Buddhism really has helped me in that area of my life. And it's helped me grow, you know, cause I don't have a gallery that sells my work for me. It's all me, you know? So when I check my bank account, I have to be mindful. And I do think that the meditation and the spiritual practice and spiritual texts and all that are, are like ingrained in my body now, you know, like I don't ever want to spend on, on anything cause it doesn't really matter. You know, what matters is the artwork that I'm going to be able to make you know, um, you're, I, you're talking about letting go. You're, you, you talked in the very beginning about always wanting to be a student of, of your art and, and growing and never thinking that you, you know, you're kind of there. So I hear the beginner's mind in that. So I'm hearing so many elements of meditation and mindfulness that really bleed beyond the actual art making. They are a part of you. I'm not really finding or seeing any part that's not a, that's not affected by that that process. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and and just the, the the awareness of where your money is going. There are a lot of people out there that have real pockets of disengagement. And it's fine. I mean, we're, we're all learning and growing, but in how we spend our money and how we um, choose to spend our time and the, the awareness that you really have all of the things you need already inside you 
and that your art is both this act of giving and receiving that you you are giving it you're you're not giving it away but you're you're making it so that it can be received by somebody so there's that that yin and that yang there's that ebb and that flow of of life that's happening through your process it's it's quite beautiful that that this is your life i i think it I, i'm just impressed by it and I'm, I'm marveling really at it i think it's it's a beautiful gift and life that you have embraced thank you it's you know i i've given up a lot for it you know i've detached from a lot of things talk about that what 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 have what's been the sacrifice to live this particular life that you have um when i was younger even even when i was like 16 or 17 because i think i don't know you know there's very few things that i'll say that i was really I don't know how it happened, but when I was 13, I knew that I wanted to be an artist from like the get-go. I was like, okay, I want to do this. And something in me hit me that was like, this is going to be really hard. And you're going to have to <laughs> everything to do this. And I was just, I remember, I remember that time. I can't remember the day, but I remember that time. And I know the exact feeling. I can almost go right back to it of being like, okay, yeah, let's do it. You know, and let's sacrifice everything. So even when I was 16, 17, you can ask my closest friends, I was in bed at 10 o'clock so I could be up at eight painting. And, and I never went out because I knew that I couldn't do it. And I wouldn't go out with my friends because I would save my money so that, you know, I could spend it on art supplies. And I was never, you know, broke or anything, but it was like any extra income to spend on clothes or outings or travels or trips or whatever, you know, it's hard when you're young, especially when you're a young girl and you see like all this materialism in front of your eyes and you want to, you want to do that. I, you know, that, that was probably one of the hardest things that came from, you know, the growth of my work. And, um, it was really hard for a long time, but then, now I see where I'm at and I wouldn't, I mean, I would, man, I get to paint all day and I get to draw and I get to do, I get to live my life on my own accord and I get to design my day however I want. And so it may have been like a really hard, you know, 17 to 22 was probably really challenging, but now it was worth it. You know, now I, I have so much more value, I think. Those, you know, those clothes, those events, those days, they're gone, you know, but this is here and now. And I just feel like with, you know, with the detachments <laughs> have brought in so much more fruit for me to enjoy. But yeah, there was even a time that I, I moved into the woods and I lived on three acres by myself. And Ooh, tell us more about that. Yeah, I... I went, and, I went and found an amazing artist studio in the woods and um, an artist had actually built it for herself, but she was open to renting it out to me. So I moved out there, no Wi-Fi, no internet, no, no nothing, no cell service. And it was so hard to find and um, didn't even have security on the doors. So it was really kind of cool, you know, to be like so close to the city, but no one knew I was there. And I think once you're in the woods for about eight months and you're a Buddhist, something kind of snaps in you and you're like, oh, maybe I should be a nun <laughs> because, and I stopped making art. I really did for a long time. I even detached from like art making. Interesting. And yeah. Because I really wanted to be a nun. But, um, you know, when I really wanted to go through with it, I was, um, <laughs> I was told that probably wasn't the right calling for me right now in my life so gosh um, now I want to do a part two with you about oh. <laughs> <laughs> about the woods about yeah. possible nunnery yeah no that's so fascinating so you really explored a lot during that that process and even being to the point of being able to detach and let go of the thing that felt like the most essential part of you I mean that's really coming full circle and then to be able to come back to it with that awareness that, oh, yes, in fact, it's really here for me because I've even let it go and it still comes back, right? That's, that's like the further validation that, that this is what's meant for you. How would you, 
if you had to talk to someone that was perhaps an artist, but not necessarily, just someone who felt that they had a gift in the world, but they were not at the place of fully executing it to the level that you are living your, your, your gift. What, what would you say to someone like that? Um, buy the ticket, take the ride. You know, if you want to do it, if you want to do anything, whether it's creative, athletic, something that's goal driven, you know, know what you're really going up against. You know, creativity is like poison because you start and you, if you don't, it's, it's like, you don't get what you want right away. You want to quit and, and you have to change your mind frame. And I think if anybody who really wants to do it long-term, if they're, if they're creative, they're passionate, they need to really know what they're getting themselves into. It's not, you're not going to bear fruit in six months. You know, it's, it's going to take a long time, but Mm -hmm. if you want it, then go get it, you know, and, and know where you're at. Like, I think a lot of people come in with egos, a ton of egos. And sometimes I have to watch myself and be like, okay, I really want to come from a place of like honesty and vulnerability and really know like where I'm at in my, in my space and knowing where you are and where to start is an amazing place because then you're like, you can be humbled because I think there's so many egos and so many people who are like, I want to be an artist. I want to do this with my life, blah, 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 blah. Here are all my ideas. I'm just like, no, when's the last book you picked up? You know, what's anything about anything? And it's not like you have to know anything to make art, but I do believe in building a foundation. And so that's my biggest recommendation. Know where you're at and build your foundation. You know, you can't build an empire. You can't do anything so beautiful, so amazing like that in like a month. You know, I think Mm -hmm. you can take steps towards that, but like art Art is like a journey. It's not a product. It's not, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody who does things that are creative try to make a product. You know, they're just trying to, they're trying to make art. They're trying to make creativity. They're trying to be creative. And that's a, a, a byproduct of creativity is, is work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they shouldn't be doing something for the aspect of of work they should be doing it to be creative and they need to create constantly for years and then they can take a step back and be like okay what is this what am I doing you know really know where you're at and where you want to go I don't know, I can go on that forever because it's it's so important to know where you're at and to just start just start like figure out where you want to be where you are at and then go and don't stop until you get there <laughs> I love this. And the other element of what I'm hearing from you is an element of self-trust. I feel that you, you really believe in yourself and you have a trust in this bigger picture. And I know we're getting close to our time, but if, can you speak about this element in you? Do you, do you recognize that as well as an element of trusting something in yourself? Yes. Um, like I've said before earlier, I don't know how much money I'm going to make every month. And mm-hmm. there's a factor of like, oh, I'm a human being living in society, you know, um, and I want to, I need to eat and I need to sleep and I need a place to work. And I think I'm at the point now where I know that I've been doing this for a good amount of time that I just trust that I'm on the right path. And, um, you have to trust yourself. Otherwise, what does, what does trust feel like inside for you? It's, it's just like a, <laughs> I think trust is, I don't know if necessarily trust is within me. I think I, I think I, I think I believe in myself and I trust myself to get up and work every day. I think that's where my trust is like get up, go to work. And I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to work hard. But I do believe I trust more in the people around me who support me because I've seen them support me for years. And I think that trust is what helps me wake up. And I think trust is like not only inside me, but it's in everyone that's part of this journey for me. Um, it's a conversation. It's, it's a dialogue. 
Um, see now and see i love this because now we're 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 entering into the element of relationships and how essential that is when you're when you're mentioning the connection of others supporting you on your journey you're not on this island because i would imagine being an artist is a solitary endeavor to to a large degree you're there in your studio by yourself for for hours but you're right it's it there is this other element and i'm i'm glad to hear you say that because uh, i was actually forgetting about that piece in in that and i think that's it's important i'm glad that you have a a group of people it sounds like that have been following you for many years and supporting your work and i know that you're you're gaining uh, more attention in fact this is a good time for me to ask you where mm-hmm. folks can find you online Right. Um, you can follow me on Instagram to see day-to-day updates. Uh, Zarina K, Z-A-R-I-N-A-K-A-Y, and two underscores. Or you can check out my website, zarinastudio.com, where you can look at portfolio um, and you can shop my website. And, and if you're in Dallas, feel free to come by the studio and see the work in person. And um, yeah, those are kind of my main places right now where you can see my work. Beautiful. Do you do commissioned pieces for people? Absolutely. That's it's, and I'm always grateful to have them um, because I love I love working with people one on one. I think it helps really expand my eye. You know, when someone's like, "Can you paint this for me in a color that I've never used before?" Mm. And so I get to explore that color that I normally wouldn't have picked up, or you know, something along those lines. So yeah, I love doing commission work. I love working with people. Um, and I, you know, I've been working with clients for, for many, many years. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Y'all please check her workout. I'm going to have links in the show notes and I'm almost picturing how great your work would be in an office in a big, you know, nice big wall because the, the, the office environment can be so stressful for people and your work is so calming and beautiful. And I think it would uh, add an element really anywhere in a home, of course, but uh, also in an office setting. So I hope people check you out and I know that they will uh, from, the, from this podcast. All right. I could talk to you for a long, long time, my dear, but it looks like we are at the point of, of switching gears. I want to thank you, though, for talking a little bit about your work and the spiritual connection that's embedded in your work and not just your work, but your work ethic, your life, who you are as a person. It's so evident that it's all connected and it's so refreshing to talk to you because you, you do feel like an authentic integrated person. And I'm so happy that I got to meet you. It was divine destiny. I love it. Really click. You're amazing. And I appreciate your, your support. I mean, and, and you know, your interest in what I'm doing, it really means a lot. You know, it's one mm-hmm. thing to, like you said, I'm alone in the studio all day. So it's very hard to see if it's working. <laughs> so to have conversations like this, it's really great. And I appreciate appreciate all of it. I appreciate you too. All right, my dear, we're going to turn corners here and we're entering into the segment called Hummus Among Us. Mm -hmm. And today we are going to be eating hummus that you have recommended. I asked you what your favorite hummus is and you, you provided, you said it is the organic pita pal hummus spicy roasted red pepper. And that is what we have here today. We are chatting remotely. So you're in your location. I'm in mine. And uh, I did the disclaimer the last time. So for those of you who do not like the sound of chewing and crunching, which (laughs) is perfectly reasonable, that's uh, not what uh, our mamas taught us, right? We're supposed to keep that kind of quiet, right? So if that's an idea or that's rather something that uh, is not pleasing to you, please do not listen for this first uh, minute or so and then rejoin us because we're going to eat some hummus now. I've got uh, cucumber with mine. What do you have with yours? Cucumber. No way. Yes, we totally linked up. I love it. Okay. So let's both of us take take some hummus and we're going to chew and eat here. So step away. 
if that makes sense for you. So good. Mm-hmm. I love cucumbers with hummus. I think it's, I think it's like the best of both worlds, you know? I do too. And it is very interesting that we did not plan that. Is that your normal, your choice of hummus and dipping? Yes. And sometimes I go with Garrick. <laughs> well, joking on hummus. Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Take. <laughs> Sorry. I never thought of this as a potential hazard, but yes, chew, and then we'll, as you're chewing, I will, um, that's good, people need to know I'm not that cool, you know, <laughs> you are no. so cool, um, no, I'm just kidding, but yeah, I, I just think carrots are cool too, mm. but I feel like cucumber just, you know, it just has the, the water level you know the water level on the cucumber and i feel like that pairs so well with the the chickpea spicy roasted red bell red bell pe pepper i can't even talk anymore <laughs> i need to meditate before we <laughs> i hear you no this is this is good hummus and i must i'm gonna yeah i must admit i haven't had this hummus before and i've had a lot of hummus i've had a mm. lot of hummus but this is a really this is a nice choice it has quite a bit of a kick for mm -hmm. a hummus. And when it said spicy roasted red pepper, eh, I didn't really believe it'd be that spicy. But for people that like a little bit of spice, I would really suggest you check this one out because it, you can tell it's different. It's my favorite. This is my favorite to eat on a piece of toast mm. with peppers and a boiled egg. Ooh. Extraordinary. I mean, oh, I love it. I don't think it's. I mean, it's it's a great breakfast. If you're looking for a good breakfast meal, you know, I'm so glad you you said that because so another thing disclosure for people listening, we are talking in the morning, and I never eat hummus in the morning. It was interesting because I was like, oh, this is you know for the segment we'll eat the hummus, but I'm like, wow, I never eat hummus in the morning. But that's a really interesting and unique. A way to make it feel breakfasty mm -hmm. with the toast and the uh, cucumber. Do you ever play with avocado in mm. that? How could I forget? Yeah, put some avocado in there for sure. Do you? Mm -hmm. I like to layer it just so you know, folks at home know how to do this. <laughs> let the folk let the folks at home know how do you build your hummus sandwich. Um, I'm about to be a master chef. If anybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if this um, art thing doesn't work out for you, you know. I'm really big into cooking, though. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, do you, oh, are you really interesting? Yeah, I'm quite. I actually had a friend the other day text me and tell me I should apply for master chef, but I don't. I mean, it's just a, a running joke because I'm really, really into it. I have like all these crazy food ideas that incorporate art. It, that's another podcast. Oh. But okay, just give us the high level on that. What's what's the what's the deal there? I want to make I want to make I okay. I don't want to tell you my big idea because it's sure. still in the works. But I I love the idea of making food that looks like too beautiful to eat. And I have this idea of making like this giant. Imagine like a giant black plate, right? The size of a small baby, you know, baby. <laughs> and, <laughs> Okay. I got it. <laughs> I'm getting into the visual side of things now. Um, and then imagine making like a dark chocolate, um, like a black toffee ice cream. And that's like the first layer. And then I want to make all these ice creams that I can mix inside of the plate to look like the galaxy, like a universe. I mean, stuff like that. I know that sounds, I, I know that doesn't really make that much sense, but again, I am. No, it does. I mean, it I'm doesn't, but it does. <laughs> but I can, I, I will make it one day and you can post it on your site. Heck yeah. She was trying to explain. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So here we see again the, the intersection of art and food and spirit all coming together. I love that I found out this other fun fact about you. Well, I appreciate you so very much and our time together. It does feel too short to me. I, I feel like I barely scratched the surface with you. There's, I know there's just, you are 
you are so, there's so much to you and so much layer and depth, just like your work. That's exactly what I think of. And, and when I see your work, I think I could just look at it and look at it and look at it and not ever get bored of it and find something new in it and just keep doing that. There, I feel like that is exactly what talking with you is like today that I, I, I got, I got level one, you know, but I could, I could come back and literally for every single answer or not answer, but just our back and forth for everything you said, I could probably pick out 25 things to go back and ask you about for, for every one brushstroke. You know, I feel like you've, you've just got so much packed into who you are and it is so cool. And I, I hope we can, talk again and um, even hang out and just that, yeah, just this will not be the the end of our conversation. Absolutely not. And I'm so grateful that you're doing this. You're really spreading like positive awareness of um, a practice and something that can really help and benefit all beings. So I sincerely appreciate you for taking time out of your life to, you know, do this. This is great. This is really, really cool. And I think we can all agree that this is really going to help a lot of people well, you're sweet to see that. Well, I appreciate this and um, appreciate your kind words. I look forward to our next conversation. And till then, I will say thank you and goodbye for now. Goodbye. It's nice talking. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and drop me a line to let me know what you think. Stay tuned in two weeks where we will bring you a new guest with a new take on the meditation experience. Till then, be well, love yourself, and love others. Mm